0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Round the Rotary with your host, me, J.P. Warren. And with us today, we have good buddy of mine, Cameron Kirkpatrick, a founder and CEO of Wire. How are you doing today,
1: Cameron? Doing well, J.P. Thanks for having me on today.
0: And we're again, uh, we're doing this remotely. I'm in Houston right now. Where are you currently?
1: I'm actually at the Family Ranch in Pooleville, Texas, about 45 miles northwest of Fort Worth.
0: That is a good way to quarantine. That is that a great is. way to quarantine at the ranch. So let's kick this off, man. Let's, let's talk, give me, give us a little background about yourself. Uh, where you been, how, how'd you, how'd you end up at a, as the founder and CEO of wire?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've spent the past 12, 13 years, uh, of my career in the wireline perforating space, uh, formerly with geodynamics. So on the manufacturing side, and about two years ago, um, uh, I departed from geodynamics decided to uh, get in business in the wireline business. So, um, been doing this for about two years and yeah uh never seen uh, a market uh the way we're seeing it today
0: well i don't think anyone's seen a market the way we're seeing it today How, how did you find that i guess going into business for yourself i mean how was that process for you
1: uh you know it was um it's been stressful uh it's been fun it's been it's been challenging it's uh you know i mean Really, the best thing to do I can best advice I can give anybody going into business for themselves is just you know takes small bite sizes at it. You know, just one one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Uh, you can't get it all done in a day. And just something that's uh, it's always a work in progress and something that you've always just got to keep building on.
0: Now, was this was this strictly you starting this company, or do you have some buddies doing it as well, or is it just? A- yeah, I
1: do. I've got a, I've got a great support group, great great set of buddies that uh, that have also invested with me. Some that are on the management team, some that are not. Um, and I've got some good good advisors, good uh, board advisors. A lot of um, you know, a lot of people that I developed uh, the net a network with. You know, during my tenure at Geodynamics, uh, their understanding of the the well completion space, and we all came together with. Uh, you know, kind of an idea of a new model on how to run a wireline company. And so we all pitched in and said, you know, let's get after it. So that's, um, dude,
0: tell, I, I was looking at your website before, uh, before this, uh, call before this, uh, podcast, you have a very interesting model, man. Tell, tell us about that for those that aren't familiar with it. Cause I love, I, I, it's very interesting to me. I love yeah, it. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, we like to say we've got an all the cart type menu uh, for the operators, uh, if they so choose it, you know, um, in, in today's world, in the pump down perforating market, the consumable side uh, of the ticket is actually the largest side of the ticket. And so what we do is we allow our operators, our customers to um, procure the perforating equipment directly from the manufacturers and then we go out and just convey it for them. Uh, that way it helps them to take more control of their supply chain uh, when it comes to the perforating consumables. Um, and we're there to help facilitate that that new way of, of transacting business. Um, so yeah, we've, we we kind of hit it with the unique model. Uh, we can that said, we can still do it the old traditional, conventional way, um, like everyone else is doing it. But it's just an dis- additional uh, feature that we offer to our customers. Well,
0: one thing that's interesting, I kind of want you to touch on because this is very new to me. The, the crew management uh, company—you let people kind of have their own crew. So get, get into that a little bit. I mean, this is this is all new to me. So. Yeah.
1: So you know, we 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 operate our business. Um, we look at each one of these crews as, as, as its own entrepreneurial, um, uh, venture, if you will. And each one of these crews, we kind of, we, we consider them their own company and, and they're graded by their own P and L uh, on each, by each truck, each crew. And so, you know, the whole crew management company idea is, is for these guys to really take ownership and what they're doing out there. Um, and the services that they're, they're giving to their customers. Um, and it, and it just kind of gives them a more of a sense of, of, um, you know, I guess just ownership of what they're doing. How did you
0: come up with this idea for the crew management companies?
1: You know, really it just came from looking at what's the best way to acquire and retain really top talented wireline professionals. And, you know, when we got to really thinking about it, we, we realized that a lot of these wireline professionals, they um, they don't want to deal with the the bureaucracy of, of big companies. Oh, and, I love the bureaucracy of <laughs> And the multi-levels of management that they have to go through to to make changes happen, we we want that to be more controlled right there at the at the well site and more at the local district, if you will. And so we view each one of these crew management companies as their own district, and um and they work for themselves. And there's no red tape. And when they need to make a change to, um to increase their service quality, or you know they uh, they get to make those real time and they get to make those decisions on them. So, yeah, just um you know trying to do things a little different.
0: I think I mean I I love that idea. I mean so it's it's again it's wire w y r e for those that are uh, curious and, and and on your website it's uh, uh you you say join the movement, right? Yes. Join the yes. movement like it's powerful like this is what's going to be happening in the future. I mean, do you really see this kind of evolving to the future where it kind of becomes
1: uh, well, our own little I've- yeah I see that you know we all have to continue to look at what's the oil field up tomorrow look like, and we've got to keep building companies that are going to support the oil field up tomorrow. And you know from the get-go, we built Wire as a lean, virtual company with extremely low SGNA. We have very few people in the company that do not touch the wellhead. And so that lean structure lends itself to, you know what we have to accomplish, I believe, is an overall energy industry, which is how do we reduce the lifting cost of oil? Um, how do we get in there and make wells economic, maybe at the sub forty dollar oil range? And a lot of that goes back to, you know, everything from when you spud the well to completing the well to put it on production. How do we get more lean within within that process um, and really collapse the supply chain as much as we can to get the cost out? And so we built Wire as you know a wireline service company for the oil field of tomorrow, um, an oil field that that really is in more of a what I can call a complete, you know. Factory manufacturing type mode. I mean, it's rinse and repeat. The wells are all pretty much um, uh, the same. You know, we're right. not specifically engineering well to well, so yeah, everything's kind of in factory mode. And so, how do you really create a lean manufacturing process at the well site? And that's what Wire is here to be, and that's the movement that we're trying to lead.
0: Starting a movement. You're hearing it. Starting here. the movement. You're hearing it here first on around the rotary.
1: That's right.
0: So what are you seeing right now in the, in, the, in the market in the past, I guess, two weeks that, that you're seeing with the uh, the the Russia and, and, and OPEC pushing out the oil with the, the coronavirus, shutting yep. everything out? What are you seeing this as a, I guess, a so, lead wireline company?
1: You know, I mean, just when I look at the market as a whole, you know, number one, we've had serious demand impact from COVID-19. Um, and they're talking 30%. So, I mean, if we're, Right now, if our, if our current demand is 100 million barrels of oil a day globally, we're now at 70 million. So 30 million barrels a day that we're still producing is just going into excess and getting stored somewhere. Um, and then on top of that, you got the double whammy of Saudi and Russia mm-hmm. uh, and, and the price war that they're at, you know, and, and that's having a huge impact on oil. So, um, you know, I think we do have some good support in there. Uh, earlier this week, I heard um, uh, Secretary uh, of Energy uh, Rick Perry on Tucker Carlson. Tucker, right. great guy. Um, you know, and he showed a lot of support for the U.S. shell producers and the independent producers. And then again, you know, with Trump this week coming out and saying that he has uh, had conversations with, with OPEC and they are looking to shave 10 to 15 million barrels a day uh, of production off the table. So, you know, I think all of that is going to be supportive to, to getting this thing turned around. Um, I know the president's meeting with all the U.S. shell producers um, over the weekend uh, as well. So, You know, now, I mean, we're starting to see oil prices get a little lift. We saw, I think, like a 20% rise yesterday, and and it looks like today we're off to a good start as well. So I think we're heading in the right direction, but, you know, ultimately, one, OPEC has to come out and say, yeah, we are going to cut production by what Trump has tweeted, and two, we've got to have – Ah, uh, we've got to have demand restored, and that's not going to happen until the lockdown goes away. Until the so, stay-at-home,
0: stay-at-home with your families gets lifted.
1: That's right. right. That's right. You know, you so, might see oil trade up to maybe the thirty to forty range right now, but until demand comes back, I don't think we'll see it getting back to the fifty-five to sixty-five trading range that that we had. If
0: it goes to thirty or forty, it's all head over to vegas and celebrate because that would be a miracle yeah. at this point
1: exactly so how do you we can't, i mean we can't social distance yeah, in vegas it's all closed <laughs> right now
0: so how do you feel i mean i guess as a company well, i guess with, uh, that would be a strength i'd assume the fact that these are their own separate entities their own teams and all that stuff do you find um having this type of business model versus i guess a traditional business model where they are your employees and all that stuff i mean does this help you weather this storm that we're in right now
1: yeah and and i want to be clear they are employees. I think you know when when we talk about the crew management company right now, it's really more of uh, how we look at each other internally in the business. But okay. all all the folks there are employees. Um, oh, did I lose you there? No, no, I'm here. Okay,
0: all, you can never lose me. <laughs> I can never lose you. You can never lose me.
1: <laughs> they uh, they they're all employees, um, and we have to do that for insurance purposes. But to, just the way we we. Our culture internally is very much that this is your team. You take ownership. This is your truck. This is your crew. Um, and you're the boss of it. And so a lot of it's just kind of how we internally set up our culture.
0: So how is this? I mean, I guess how is Wire adapting to this right now? I mean, what, what are you all doing um, uh, differently than well, you think the you know, competition is? You don't know the truth?
1: The whole, yes. I, we can handle the truth. TikTok. Lots of TikTok. Continue. Yes, Uh, I think it's going to be a huge differentiator going forward for us. TikTok. No,
0: (laughs) no, 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 (laughs) no. Well, let me let me stop you. I mean, I wanted to get I wanted to get to that, but something that Wire has done, I think that you've been in charge of. You are killing it with the social media game, dude. I mean, I'm talking about on Instagram, your stories are are, they're very relevant. It's very um, day to day activities. It's in a way you're kind of given a, a personality to your, to your company. You let people know what you're, you know, the day-to-day stuff, not just the whole beating on the chest or we've donated this amount of, you know, you know, yeah, whatever face masks to the hospital. (laughs) You're you're doing day-to-day stuff, which I think is you're killing it. So you say TikTok kind of joking around, but let's get into that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. No, you know, social media presence. I mean, it's one of those things everybody should be doing it. In my opinion, it's free. Right. And, um, and it's a way to stay relevant. It's a way to connect with, with the customers and, and show Hey, we're just, we're real people over here, just like everyone else. And we're, you know, we're out here trying to, to make a living, just like everybody else is. And, and I want everyone to know who we are. And, and, uh, and yeah, just want to be relevant and connect with folks and, and, and be real. So, you know, but it kind of goes back to, you know, we have that, um, The other things we're doing too is just, you know, you go back to our lean virtual business model that we started with. I mean, we don't have offices and and districts set up everywhere. I mean, we have one yard and we can dispatch into four different states out of that yard. Um, we've got one central small corporate office, but everything else that we've done since we started is we ran a very lean and virtual, um, meaning that, you know, a lot of it like this zoom, we've been using zoom and and things like Slack and all these different tools that are, uh, that allow us to, to work in a leaner fashion. Um, And then you know the other thing is we're right sizing our headcount. We're having to, even though we're built lean, in a time like this, you got to get in there. You got to right size your headcount. You got to right size your payroll, um, and you got to put more pressure on your vendors to reduce to reduce their prices as well, so that you can remain competitive in this pricing environment. Um, And then yeah, I mean, right now the the all the cart model that we offer to our customers, where they can procure the the consumables separate from the services, um, is something that. When prices get to the point to where we're at right now. It's not as appealing to our customers uh, because they just get a good turnkey price because it is a it's a buyer's market. Right. But you know, as this thing turns back around, um, the appeal of being able to uh, procure independently the the consumables versus the services, I think, will be um, something that that we trend right back to.
0: What do you see kind of as a opportunity from all this? Or I mean, do you, I mean, do you see anything? Uh, I guess. As an opportunity for a company like Y or or other uh, other yeah. technology of, of in the in the oil and gas industry,
1: you know, I mean, as far as technology, there's there's a lot of stuff that's still being developed on the wireline perforating side. Um, but you know, I think that in the near term, the way I see, you know, the, the, where the opportunities are is just getting 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 activity back up getting capex being spent again getting capex increased by, increased by the operator side to, to start increasing activity and bring more balance to um, the supply and demand side of the service sector and you know I think that going forward um, you know as a team we're going to continue to navigate these uncertainties um, the best that we can and we're going to hunker down and make all the necessary adjustments so that we preserve our, our strong balance sheet that we currently have and get through to the other side.
0: What does the other side look like, you think?
1: You know, I think the other side looks like uh, it's going to be a much more disciplined other side than what we've been accustomed to. Uh, right. I think that the even if oil prices do start to rise, I don't think that we're going to see uh, rate counts increase at at such a rapid pace that maybe we've seen in, in the previous uh, uh, bust recoveries, if you will. I think people would be a little more disciplined with it. Um, and it's still you know yet to be seen how much capital will actually be flooding back into the energy sector. Uh, it's been starved for so long. And so it makes you wonder. you know, after, after the energy sector being really washed out over the past couple of years, but more so within the past month to see if you do start seeing some um, some of these fund managers starting to, to, to put some money back into work on the energy side, which will ultimately free up capital for the operators uh, to increase CapEx and maybe even increase drilling plans a little faster than um, otherwise they could. So, that's uh but yeah, it's all still a uh, speculation.
0: No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, no one's got a crystal ball. Yeah. So um, what do you have any messages or anything you'd like to relate to our audience uh, right now?
1: Yeah. I would just say uh, tough times don't last, but tough people do. So keep your chin up. Uh, this will end soon. And, and soon enough, the world will go back to normal. All so right. that's all so uh, so I'll leave you with.
0: Well I appreciate that again everyone this is Cameron Kirkpatrick uh, founder and CEO of wire wyre um, thanks for coming on the show and if you have any questions for him or you have uh, just want to touch base with uh, us here at the show it's you can email us at round at cap petrocom again that's round the rotary at dot petrocom thanks for coming in Cameron and uh, you have a good day we'll appreciate it thanks for having me JP. all right take care Talk to you Later.